It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at cboc.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Hello, this is Dr. Jeremy Lookaball, workplace communication and negotiation coach, as well as industrial organizational psychology consultant. In addition to cboc.com that you just heard, you can also visit my website at termboot.com. And also, if you're in the industrial organizational psychology field, especially starting out, we have an exciting new IO career pathfinder program. So if you're in early career or even you're still in school and looking to find your way, hop on over to cboc.com, click on IOs, start here and join our waiting list for IO career pathfinder membership. Also on the panel today, we have Sarah Smith-Berry of Frigo Consulting. Sarah is a psychometrician, veteran advocate, consultant, and modern stoic. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw, voice and speech coach, and a damn good actor at that. He is the leading voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Well, hello, everybody. It's Tom Bradshaw back again with Sarah Smith-Berry and the good doctor, Dr. Jeremy Lukaba. And we were just chatting before we actually hit the record button. And um, Jeremy, Sarah went off in a bit of a rant. <laughs> As I'm and known so to do. <laughs> we decided to talk about Sarah and her rants. No, we're just talking about, well, Sarah, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about? Okay. So we were reading this article and we came across a bullet point and it said meeting free days meeting free days. And I said, Oh my gosh, I like that one. I want to talk about that. And Jeremy says, why? And I said, well, one of the biggest things that I've implemented myself in the last two years is building out my days according to the types of tasks that I have to do. Now, what does that look like? Well, I have certain days, Tuesdays and Thursdays for me are my creation days. Okay. And I have a specific rule where I'm not allowed to consume anything. So no social media, no YouTube, no articles even until I first have created something. So I wake up early, I write, I, you know, journal, I sometimes create visuals. It just depends on what strikes me or what's on my to-do list for projects. But those are my creation days. And I get to wear my comfy clothes and my hair's up in a messy bun. And I don't have to put a ton of makeup on because I'm not on camera. Thank the Lord being a girl, hashtag real problems. Um, But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's an entirely different vibe on my creation days. I, I make myself a cup of tea. I cuddle up with my cats. Um, you know, I go outside, I, I take walks. So it's, it's a very different vibe. And then on my Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, those are my meeting days. Those are the days where I, you know, I'm meeting with people, I'm conducting interviews, I'm, you know, working with colleagues in the, in the industry. And so those are the days where I'm a bit buttoned up. I'm more polished. I make sure that I have enough coffee that day. So, you know, it's, it's just a different 
uh, cadence to my day. And I found that by breaking it up, giving it like every other day, it really prevents burnout and it prevents me from getting bored. And so for any neurodivergent listeners, I myself am neurodivergent. I do have ADHD and, you know, aside from my caffeine intake, the biggest thing I've found is being able to give my brain what it needs. And sometimes it's that change in environment and it's a conscious control of my environment, but just that one simple change has really made a big, big difference in my stress levels and my ability to process and not have those days where I feel like I can't get up or do anything. Yeah, it's like working on a Saturday. If you work a Monday through Friday, it's like working on a Saturday. Or when you're in college and the papers due on a Friday, and you're and you're just kind of working on it on a Tuesday, not in a rush. It's a different. It's a different vibe because you feel you feel more free. You're you're doing something when you don't necessarily have to. So you have this sense of control, which opens you up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It does. Okay. And if you're creating anything, your creative juices flow. You need them to flow. And if you're telling them to flow, has anyone tried to write anything when they're like, I have to write this in the next 20 minutes? It's one of the hardest things. Writing to a prompt is one of the hardest things to do. When you're in a rush? Oh, well, no. Okay. Sometimes under pressure, I can do pretty well. But what I'm saying is like, let's say I give myself a prompt and I have to write that prompt within the next 20 minutes. I might be able to come up with something pretty good, but am I going to share that with people? Is that really going to be something that I'm going to refer back to over and over again? Is it really going to be a quality piece of work or is that quality piece of work going to hit me when I'm out walking my dog? Most likely when I'm in a shower, most likely when I'm pouring a cup of coffee, most likely. So another thing that I really love doing is taking voice dictation on my phone um, and using just a simple note-taking app. So whenever I get a crazy idea, I say it into my phone and it writes it on a master to-do list. And then at the end of the week, I sort out, okay, that was a crazy idea. That was a good one. That was the idea. That was a good one. And that way I never have to remember my ideas. I'm going to, I'm going to push back a little bit and, and and I'm a creative. I love creating, but I, I, I put on my, you know, boss hat for a moment there. And all I really heard was, I now have employees working three days a week because they're going to take two days off. So it's really not about that. It's about finding, especially now that the way we work is changing. It's about finding what's the best way for us to work. And then maybe there are some norms that we can create, especially when we're working with teams. Like maybe we talk to each other three days a week, but two days a week, we don't because we're working hard on what we need to do. Or here's the other thing, Tom, the way I described it is because as people may know, I am a serial entrepreneur and I do all kinds of different things, but that's why my mine are full days. But another thing that I can recommend, if you have a typical nine to five job, as many Americans and Canadians and people around the world do, then I would encourage you to bill it your times of day. So say you are super talkative and bumpy in the morning because you work out at 6 a.m. Well, guess what? Schedule your meetings in the morning and say you have a slump in the afternoon around two o'clock. 
Well, that might be a good time for you to get out and get some fresh air and take a phone meeting. So just try to kind of work your days around the things that you're doing. So you're not locked at your desk all the time um, because nothing can burn you out faster than sitting in front of a screen. I'm telling you that is the thing that can burn you out faster than anything else. So anything you can do to use your phone or, you know, a note taking app or something like that, where you can get away from the actual screen is is a benefit in my mind. I'm going to take the extremes here and I'm going to take the cookie dough and then I'm going to take the chocolate chips that you guys provided and then we're going to put it together. We're going to make a nice cookie. We're going to nice practical thing because you're both right. So if you can't take a full day, one thing, and believe me, you might, you're going to catch a lot of flack if you decide to do this, but the benefits can be very good. I love the word good. They can be great as well. Schedule chunks out, maybe two, maybe three hours at a time. 90% of you are out there saying, I can't, I'm always putting out fires. My boss is on my butt all the time. I'm being surveilled. I can't do it. Uh, we'll talk about the how maybe a different time. Now we're just going to talk about the what. Because if you can just do, I used to call it coffee shop time. I would block off my schedule. Well, depending, and I, maybe I went to a coffee shop, maybe I didn't. But I went somewhere. And I just said, put CST on my calendar, blocked it off, I'm not available. But I would take that two to three hours for creative work. Because if you're, no matter where you're working, there's going to become a point where you have to sit down for, you have to have a train of thought for more you know, 10 minutes without disruption. Back to what Sarah was saying about if you're, um, you know, find out where your willpower is. When you look at willpower, of course, we know that willpower is a muscle and you can train it. We also know that willpower is greatest in the morning because when you're done with, when your day is over, you've got less willpower because you've exhausted that willpower muscle. So for example, if let's say that you're trying to start a business and you're starting, trying to start a business and, but you still have a full-time job, Wake up a little earlier but and take an hour or two before you meet your organization's demands of putting out fires all day because that's when you're going to have the most willpower to do the tougher things is in the morning when you have the most willpower. Another thing is called stacking where you do the toughest. I do this all the time, all the time. You do the toughest things first. So if you have three things to do, don't save the don't do the easiest thing just because it's easy to get it out of the way because what's going to happen is you're going to do the easier things slowly whittle away at your willpower and then you have the hardest thing to do later when you have less willpower so do the toughest things first and then enjoy having the lighter things later when you have less willpower it's a great little formula that works out very well well, and I also took a mathematics course way back in the day. And I remember learning that if you did the thing that was hardest and that took the most time, you actually save time because of that very fact. So very interesting point is because, well, because you'll, you'll start to, you know, slow down and burn out toward, toward the end of it. But what about for people who have trouble motivating themselves, Jeremy? I'm curious because I hear all the time that if it takes less than two minutes, it shouldn't end up on a to-do list. I should just do it right now. So what do you think about that? So the general rule that I follow, is if it takes less than two minutes, do it right away. So every now and then, some of us creative types will write books. Other of us creative types will start many books but never finish them. Well, there's a book that I started and it's a push. It's a pull, not a push towards being productive. So instead of, if you have, if you have, um, 
things that you have to do that are maybe big things, you know, doing your taxes, filing for something, uh, whatever it may be, figure out what about that will give you a sense of fulfillment at the end of the day. So it's not, I have to do this. It's what will I get out of it? What is the sense of fulfillment based on what I'm good at that I can incorporate to this particular task and focus on what it's going to feel like to get it done. When we focus on the out, when we focus more on outcomes and we focus on what we want the most first, it is easiest for us to do things and to not procrastinate. Um, kind of an okay analogy for this is dieting. We want, our brain will go towards what we think of first. So if you start to think of, you know, some, some bad food and you feel that you're going to start to think about bad food, instead think about your, your beach bod or think about how you're going to feel working out. Make sure you think about that first before the bad food creeps in because science tells us with willpower, whatever we think of first becomes what we want more, which allows us to stay on track. Another really cool thing to do, dear me, that goes in line with that is when I'm sorting out my tasks, right. And deciding what I need to do first. One method that I use is I assign a number to it one through 10, and I call it my life impact number. So this is how I'm able to sort out my business tasks, my personal tasks. Cause I'm also a mother and a wife and all, and a friend. And, you know, I do a lot of volunteering in my community. So how can I possibly do all of these things? I get asked that all the time, Sarah, you have seven kids, you got a billion animals. You have a very wonderful husband. Who's very stubborn. How do you manage to do all of this and run a business? And I tell them it's my life impact number. So I sort my to-do list every week. I told you, I am constantly jotting my ideas into my phone. And at the end of every week on Sunday, I take about 20 or 30 minutes and I sit down and I assign a number one to 10. How much is this task going to impact my life and my goals as they are currently? And so going and getting my favorite coffee creamer is obviously going to be a one. Okay. It's going to be very low. Um, but say working on a big project that I have envisioned to come out in the next six months, that's pretty up there, right? It's a big one. So it could theoretically have a larger impact on my life. So I always look at it, um, in that regard, but I also weight it versus how much effort does it take to complete in relation to that number? So I take it a step further. So how much effort is needed? So is it low effort, high impact? Is it low effort, low impact? Is it high effort, high impact? Or is it high effort, low impact? I think I did that right. So I categorize all my tasks that way. And I know it sounds like a lot, but I use a program called Notion to do it. And I have a Notion dashboard. If anybody wants to reach out to me, I'll copy it and send it over to you. I call it my uh, my command center. Um, and it's how I organize my life. And it's how I know that I'm making not necessarily always the right decision, but the best decision that I can, uh, because that analysis paralysis of what should I do next? Sometimes we can sit for that for far too long. Um, and so it's really about getting acting, getting completing, getting doing. And so, yeah, that's my, that would be my little tidbit is to start assigning a life impact number to things. And speaking of books, 
There's so much today. What we're going to do is we're just going to take the transcript of this reporting, recording. We're going to turn it into a book. So at your bookshelves at some time soon, it's going to be called Kick Butt Today. So feel free to pick up your copy. You're listening to Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Turnboot. The name is not elegant. Neither are the issues that organizations face. Led by a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, you can rest assured that the highest standards and latest in workplace and human behavior science will be used to get your organization results with a tailored plan specific to your workplace needs. Truly helping others, integrity, positive impact, and getting results. That's what we stand for. That's Turnboot Organizational Excellence. Welcome back. You're listening to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. I agree, Sarah. With, with the, you know, you talk about make a decision. You know, often, you know, we look back in a lot of the decisions that we made in life, and sometimes we might have regret because was it the right decision to make? One thing I learned early, early on is when it comes down to these tough decisions, carefully weigh your options, carefully vision out what might happen, think of billiards, think of playing pool, think three steps ahead, and then make a decision and tell yourself, I made a decision that was sound based on the evidence that I had, based on how it's gonna affect me and the others around me, and I don't, and I can live with this decision without regrets. That way in the future you can say, oh yeah, I told myself that at the time, I don't have to question that anymore. And then it goes back to, I'm gonna butcher this quote, it was by Colin Powell a long time ago, that's a famous quote. Uh, indecision has cost Americans and uh, billions and billions of dollars and billions and billions of hours. Indecision, much more than a bad decision. When you actually make a decision, then you're going somewhere. You can adjust. You can be agile. You can figure things out. You can fail. You can learn from your failures. And isn't that how we grow? But indecision is not, here it is, not good. Tom, over to you. What do you think? Well, as I'm listening to all of this, I'm reminded of, hearing people who are saying now that one of the things that has worked well for them with the remote workforce is that they're home when their kids get home and what they're choosing to do is spend time with them at, you know, three, three 30 in the afternoon and taking a break to spend some quality time with the kids, making dinner, whatever they clean up, but then the kids are off doing their homework and I'm back in the office for another hour, hour and a half catching up for that time I missed. And then maybe the kids go to bed. Maybe I do some more work. (laughs) Depends how devoted you are. But I'm still sitting here wondering, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Are we going to have people who are working 24-7, which we know is one of the cautionary tales that we've already heard with the remote workforce. So all of this great advice that you guys have been sharing, doesn't it really come back to how are we as individuals going to work in this new paradigm And then how does the larger community, people I'm working with as a team and the company overall, how do we bring it all together so that everybody has a great work-life balance so that I'm not getting burnt out and still the work is getting done? What you described, Tom, is just that work-life balance. That's what we're striving for. What we were experiencing was work-life segregation. So they were two different worlds and we meant to put on a face for one and a face for another one. And now we're getting to show up for both as the same person, but 
in the same environment sometimes too. So that's challenging. Um, for parents out there, um, one thing I can say is I've implemented a really cool rule, especially if you have young ones. So um, in my house, if I'm on a meeting like this one, I go to my kids and I say, hey guys, guess what? Because I also homeschool. I say, guess what? It's red light. Mom's red light. Red light means find something quiet, do your schoolwork, zip it, no fighting, no arguing, none of that noise, okay? But as soon as I'm done with my meeting, I am going to spend one-on-one time with you. So they see it as the reward. So if they're not going to make noise to get my attention now, because little kids will make noise just to get your attention because they want to hear from you. They want, they want to talk to you. And so if you let them know, Hey, you're going to get that attention, but I'm going to need you to be first. They will do it. They will do it and they will be happy to do it. And so that's something I've implemented in my house. And I would say, do it because it's awesome. Change the way it works around here. And then I come out and I go green light. And sometimes we'll turn on music and it's a big old party. It's fun. Does that work as well for employees? You know, I bet it would. Tom, I bet it would. We're all just kids at heart. We're all just people. You know, I think sometimes we try to make things too damn serious. Fun. And everyone's played red light, green light at some point in their lives. That's right. That's right. We did. So, you know, you can go to a meeting. Hey, this is a red light meeting. So we're focused on X, Y, Z, and we're coming up with a solution at this meeting. But guess what? We're having a green light meeting this morning. So that means bring donuts or that means wear a silly hat to your Zoom call or whatever. Yeah, sure. Implement it. Because anything you can do to break up monotony. And I think that's what work life said used to be it was that groundhog day anything you can do to change it up is going to be beneficial fun stuff i'm holding out for six seconds of silence myself <laughs> you always do that to me jeremy you know it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> these little games we're playing all the time <laughs> hey you got to break it up somehow right that's right we will be back with another trio episode soon at theaters near you and at a bookshelf at your nearest Barnes and Noble, you can pick up the transcript of this copy. Again, it'll, it's called Kick Butt Today and it uh, will not be out, but you may be able to pick it up. <laughs> we'll see you next time in five, four, three, two, and one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com.